Well, hello, everybody. This is Robert Sunday, and you're listening to Airmail. This is the podcast about the ex-flight attendant who is now changing the format of the show to something that is more autobiographical in nature. That's right. I'm Robert Sunday, but I am also known as Robert Dominguez. That is correct. Stand-up comedian based out of Los Angeles and has been known to do open mics all around the country. And now I call a western suburb of Phoenix home. Yeah, out here in the cactuses with the wild rabbits and where all the Mexicans that live nearby leave their dogs go stranded. Yes, that's an unfortunate part of people who don't know how to treat creatures. And we all live amongst each other. Yeah, there's even a pigeon hunting season out here in the Phoenix area. I learned that two weeks after I signed the ink on my home that I bought. So for the first week of hunting season, it was a lot of gunshots. There's a whole lot of people exercising their right to homicide a bird that uh, I guess tastes pretty good to some people. It's not my jam. I'm, uh, I was in rifle team in high school when I was in JROTC. I was a much better clothing pressman and, and, and getting the pleats in my pants than I was a marksman. I'm still nearsighted. I don't see real well. I see what I can, but uh, shooting a gun, everybody's in trouble on the other side of that barrel because I, I have poor vision. Corrected lenses are the way I can drive a vehicle. Corrective lenses. So yeah, since last time we talked, you know, I was working as a flight attendant for American Airlines. Yeah, and uh, it got very turbulent towards the end of my career. There was some situations where, uh, you know, I maybe spoke at a turn to a customer at the airport who had really loud, obnoxious children and and they may have chased me through the airport with a camera. I thought these fucking terrorists were going to fucking attack me. But um, how dare you disrespect my family? I'm like, how dare you let your kids kick over suitcases and be obnoxious while we're all here delayed trying to leave the fucking happiest place on earth? That was strike one. Strike two was just... I don't even want to get into it. I don't work for that airline no more. I no longer am a first-class flight attendant. I am no longer in an airplane, in an airport, hearing loud-ass gossip with jet blast noises in the background. That is no longer part of my profession. And, you know, and I have not been in an airplane since three or four months, man. I had to put my life together after this whole thing. You know, I moved back west from Charlotte to Phoenix because that's probably the nicest place I've experienced with the nice weather. The nice weather is important to me. I don't want to be too cold. But the thing about living in places with nice weather is people are generally a mixed bag of assholes and languishers and fucking out here in Phoenix, a lot of baby makers, man, uh, something going on out here. I think the LDS is out here. There's, it's very uh, Republican, very baber making kind of choose life vibe going on out in Arizona. So I'm not sure what that's about and figure it out, experience it. And you know, I'll get back to you, let you know if I can 
I'm gonna, I got a swimming pool in the backyard, so I'm not going anywhere. I'll pay my taxes. And, and I got this day job now, man. Now that I'm not a flight attendant, I had to find another job. Now I work as a social worker. That is right. I am now sending letters, airmail to clients in, in this county I work for to let them know that we're going to reassess their needs for home supportive services. Yeah, my job is to go into these folks' homes, see if they still need someone to wipe their booty, and I'll make sure the government cuts them a check so somebody will pay them sixteen seventy five an hour to make them a bowl of cereal and do their dishes and wipe that milk off their chin. Hey, man, it's not as exciting as being a flight attendant, but at least the contact with general humanity is minimized. However, I do work for a government agency, and that means now I got to work around those people. Now, I know I've done it before, and I'll tell you again some other time. I used to work for the post office. My first government exposure to uh, the phenomenon known as government booty Government booty, man. I mean, it has the post office is pretty minimal. It was a pretty physical job. Everybody had to kind of be working and walking 10,000 steps to make sure everybody got their mail. But now that I work at this other kind of government in social work, government booty is strong, man. There's a lot of people who don't get 10,000 steps, man. They just sit there all day long doing their rat-a-tat-tat on their keyboard. They got the conveyor belt of food coming at them, and it's just, it's a carb fest, man. Even I've got hooked up on some sweets for a while there. Thanksgiving, it was horrible, man. I I kept kept going for the sweet stuff. Keep going for the sweet stuff. I don't know if it's because I'm sitting a lot more or what's going on, but... So now I do this job. I'm working as a social worker, going in people's houses... Being nosy, checking them out, making determinations if they need some money to take care of their business. And uh, yeah, just unfurling the trauma that was being a flight attendant. I always felt like an outsider. Even in high school, I felt like an outsider. The music I listened to in high school was indicative of outsider kind of behavior. You know, I just went to a music festival in Huntington Beach. It was called the darker waves fest it was on the sand and it was just a bunch of great bands from the time like new order b52s tears for fears devo you know even soft cell mark allman whooped out the fucking sex dwarf when in between text messaging his lover i saw that on the stage happening on the big screen crosses uh, Chino Moreno from the Deftones, man. He has a really cool project out there. That was probably the best performance of the night. Although a lot of the people made it worthwhile to check out all the, the antics, how people want to dress and be. It was a very gothic kind of experience, man. There's just a lot of combat boots in the sand, a lot of eyeliner, excessive... Uh, pale pasty makeup to make a person look rigor mortis out you know because this is a gothic festival you had london after midnight there clan of zymox was there you have to represent essentially clan of zymox christian death drab majesty twin tribes they set the tone for the rest of the day because if you know those bands they're really gothic and dark and they play small rooms 
around the world, but New Order and Tears for Fears and B-52s. Come on, Love Shack in your black leather. Come on, man. It was good to see OMD. I had tickets to see OMD back in high school, but, you know, I wasn't paying attention to calendars and stuff, man. My orientation must have been off because I missed that show by a week. By the time I realized I wanted to see that concert and I had tickets, the $45 was wasted. Ugh. But I saw them at Darker Waves. And I tell you, the thing about that festival and think about me, I'm going to be 50 years old next year. And uh, being at a music festival for three days was something I was into 15 years ago. I can do it. I have a good time. I slept good and ready for, you know, for the next day of action. This festival, I got there at 1230 after about seven miles of walking around the stand from stage to stage to stage. My ass was tired. I went back to the hotel about 730 to catch the headliners from the balcony of my room. Ordered some Taco Bell on Grubhub or fucking called it a night. I was asleep. By the time the last band, Tears for Fears, was wrapping up their, their fucking extendomatic version of Pale Shelter or whatever they were playing, man. But it was, it was a good experience, man, because I see there's a lot of people there that have trauma. That's why you wear black and you have ghost pasty faces because you have trauma and it's unresolved trauma. Everybody spent the whole day trying to ignore we all existed in there. And it was a very, I don't know, man. It used to be a time you go to a rock concert and people wanted to be friendly, man. They wanted to be connected, you know, under the umbrella of the music. And yeah, there was always the fans. That, oh, well, I've been a fan of Depeche Mode since that Speak and Spell album. I'm like, well, yeah, I just got into them in 1988. Well, I'm a better fan. I'm more dialed in. I know all their last names. I know, I know, I know, I know. And that is a serious, weird thing about being a music fan is that there is a competition to seniority and knowledge of the songs and where they recorded and on and on and on and on. And, you know, and some of these artists, they fucking pander to that shit because I think fuck, Billy Corgan's got some kind of cult going on with his Smashing Pumpkins. You know, everything's revolving around the fucking electronic slash machina movement and his fucking thing. But that's a whole other thing, man. I'm not fucking super duper Pumpkins fan. I'm not going to get all niche. But I'm just telling you, everything has its layer. Like, I listened to Kill Tony Broadcast. They have their own inside baseball. There's a fucking competition between stand-up comedians. You know, Hans Kim and Rick Diaz, man. And this fucking crazy-looking Mexican who lives in Europe over there working for the Illuminati, he's going to do battle with this American-Korean. And I met him once over at the Vulcan. Uh, I was there to go see a comedy show, and Hans was doing some fucking production work, and I... I said, hey, Hans, I like you, man. You're pretty cool dude. I like your comedy, man. He, he, I talked to him, and he looked at me like I was fucking trying to grab his dick or something. He, I think he's got social anxiety. Anyhow, he doesn't express it on stage because that motherfucker is funny as fuck. But my point is, 
There's inside baseball with all these rock bands. There's inside baseball stand-up comedy. And uh, to be honest with you, there's, there's inside baseball inside of football. When I'm at work, my coworkers are so into NFL football. You just can't talk about the fucking Chiefs versus the Broncos. You have to talk about the people. They talk about these players by first and last name, like they're inviting these fucking dudes to their house for dinner after they, you know, make their fantasy football dreams come true. I don't get it, man. I like it from a tertiary, stand-behind-the-fucking-yellow-line kind of perspective. And in music, I used to be really way more into it but I think I'm just going to stick to just making it and not really going to concerts because I don't like the crowds. I don't like the competition. I don't like the weird vibes, man. I'm really over weird vibes. I'm, so uh, I'm just going to throw out my vibes on this digital platform for me to you via Spotify, via YouTube. But hey, man, if you like this podcast, subscribe, man. Give me five stars. Fucking do it. Don't be fucking just listening and fucking go on to the next thing. I don't like that, man. Show a little fucking love and appreciation. I'm over here running my mouth, telling you about all my my life and all my fucking vulnerabilities. And I just need you just to like my shit and fucking five stars. And, and, and the next time I talk to you, man, I got some story to tell you, man. Thanksgiving's coming up and... You know, I had to talk to my mom, you know, and that's a whole fucking thing because, oh, I saw your ex-wife and your daughter who's estranged from you. <laughs> you know, oh, good for you, fucking bitch. Anyways, I'll tell you about that next time. I'm Robert Sunday. You've been listening to fucking Airmail. I am Robert Dominguez, the fucking wizard behind the curtain, and I am the producer of the music, and I will catch you for the next installment of Airmail. It's about whatever the fuck it wants to be. Robert Sunday, Robert Dominguez's life. Good day. I say fucking good day. Good day.